You know, I was thinking the other day, I was thinking, man, it is so hard to be a Christian, to be a believer in 2022. And I was thinking, if I feel that way, I'm sure many of you feel that way as well. And, you know, not only is it hard to be a Christian in 2022, but then you have the whole being in the Pacific Northwest and the complexities of that. And like I always say, God puts you in a location and a season for a reason. But it is hard to be a believer nowadays. I think it's always been hard. I think it's always one of those things where it's a, it's a tough lifestyle, but it seems like it's more complex now than ever before. Maybe it feels like uh, you can't turn down the noise of the world to really focus on your Christian walk, or maybe it feels like you feel this pressure to kind of hide your light under a basket. I know at times that can be a major thing where we feel like, man, are we really shining the light as bright as we should? Or maybe you feel hard to really stand up for what you believe in or or really to, to, to share the faith with someone who may think differently than you. Or maybe you feel anxiety and worry and a deep sense of hopelessness and, and it might be rising up in you and you don't know what to do with it. And maybe you feel disconnected from God. Maybe you feel disconnected from other believers during this season because it's been so hard and you may just feel like you're drifting a little bit. Or maybe you feel this overwhelming sense of temptation in your life because temptation now is at our fingertips, right? Maybe it's gossiping through text. Maybe it's looking at something that you shouldn't have on your phone. Maybe it's getting your hands on something that you shouldn't have, or maybe it's living just with passivity in your life or filling your hearts and your minds with things that aren't of God and on that Netflix binge, or now I think it's a Disney Plus binge or whatever binge you're on, but you find yourself on like a Saturday or a Sunday and you're like, how am I already at hour eight of watching this show? And many of us have been there and today we're gonna focus on this. We're gonna get back on the right path. I hope for many of you, this will be one of those sermons that helps us to steer us right back to the right path because today we find that Paul has both empathy and advice on what we are supposed to do to live the way of Jesus. And it's awesome because he's going to come at it from empathy. He's going to say, here's where I'm at. And then he's also going to say, and here's what we have to do to continue this Christian walk. And so we're talking about one of the most important topics of Christianity. And it's especially important in 2022 is get your mind right. That's the title of this sermon, Get Your Mind Right, because it's all over the Bible, and Paul's going to give us great advice on what it means, because there's a lot coming at us. So much anxiety in the world, so much to be worried about, so many challenges, so much noise, so much temptation that believers, we have to fight to get our mind right. And we have to daily set our minds on the things of God, and we have to think minute by minute on what the Lord is desiring for us. And so today, there's gonna to be this sermon is gonna be about that, but it's also gonna be really practical. So hang on there with me, please, 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 make it to the end because this is such an important topic. And I wanna shift our mindset on these sermons. Sometimes we can watch a sermon, we can be like, man, did that entertain me? Or do I think that was worth my time? But I believe that sermons and teaching and getting into the word and really going deep, it should feel more like a workout. We should walk away from this like, man, I have a lot to think about. And we have to get our hearts and our minds right. Now, as your pastor, I believe that there is a reason for me pastoring in this season because the mission is too important and the times are too dangerous. 
and the calling is part of all of us. And so as I pastor, I say, today I'm getting our minds right for what he has next for us because we find ourselves in this building as we carry out our mission to restore all things back to him through his presence. I got a word from the Lord for this church the other day. You know, I, I had this image of all of us sewing this sail and many of us want to be on the boat. We want to be on the boat already, but the Lord's saying right now you're on shore because you got to sew that sail. And so many people want to just be on the boat and you want to cruise ship and make things easy, but someone had to sew that sail and we are part of that because he is about to blow a huge wind that will lead to kingdom advancement. But if we don't do the hard work and the important work of sewing the sail, we are going to completely miss it. We're going to hop on this boat and we're going to be sitting there in the middle of the lake, in the middle of the ocean, going nowhere. And the Lord desires us to be pushing the kingdom forward. And so today, like always, we're focusing on the innermost being, prayer and worship and falling back in love with the world and ultimately helping us navigate this important question that I had at the beginning. How do we live out our Christian life in 2022 and make kingdom impact? That's my heart and I hope that's your heart because it's a clear call that's simple but super complex at the same time. And so let's dig in. Now as we begin, there's something that has surprised me. There's a lot that surprised me about being a parent. I always say with young couples, you will never be ready to be a parent. You will never be ready to be married even, but the Lord brings them at the right time and you figure it out. But one of the things that's amazing about being a parent is that you, as they grow older, and if you have kids, you can relate to this, you begin to see yourself in the kid and you begin to see the best of you and you begin to also see the worst of you. So Jeremiah, man, that kid, the kid's going to do great things. He is a builder and a thinker, but he's also like me. He's unsettled a lot. He's always thinking. He's always thinking about what's next and he's ready to go. And Abe, man, that boy, my littlest, he is like a cuddler and a lover. Like if you are ever around Abe, you are going to feel love but he's also a clown. He's also like me. He's also can get a little wild at times and maybe when he shouldn't be. And I know that several of you that are watching can relate to that statement. I remember back in the day, my mom, whenever she would drop me off at like a sleepover, she would always say, there's only one rule with Kurt. You can't let him find the Mountain Dew. If you let him find the Mountain Dew, it is over. And she always, she always said to the, the other mom, if he gets his hand on Mountain Dew, make him run around the house 10 times because you are going to experience something that you are going to regret, which is a wild Kurt. And Abe can get a little wild, but we love him. And now it's awesome to think, to look at this because in Romans 7, Paul is going to say, hey, like you can relate to your kids, you can relate to me, and I'm going to share because you can relate and empathize and he's going to get personal in his story. He's going to say, this is the great struggle of the Christian life, and all of us do it. Paul dealt with it. We deal with it. And so let's jump in here at Romans 7, verse 14. We know that the law is spiritual, but I am unspiritual, sold as, slave, as a slave to sin. I do not understand what I do. For what I want to do, I do not do, but what I hate, I do. And if I do what I do not want to do, I agree that the law is good. As it is, it is no longer I myself who do it, but it is sin living in me. For I know that good itself does not dwell in me. 
that is in my sinful nature. For I have the desire to do what is good, but I cannot carry it out. For I do not do the good I want to do, but the evil I do not want to do, this I keep on doing. Now if I do what I do not want to do, it is no longer I who do it, but it is, the, it is sin living in me that does it. So I find this law at work. Although I want to do good, evil is right there with me. For, if my inner being, for in my inner being I delight in God's law, but I see another law at work in me, waging war against the law of my mind and making me a prisoner of the law of sin at work within me. Can anyone relate to this? Can I get an amen on this? No matter how long you have been on this faith journey, no, longer how, no matter how long you have been on this Christian walk, I can guarantee that you can relate to this passage. Paul is not getting theological here. He is getting personal and he's sharing what the inner struggle that he has. He's sharing his personal experience with the struggle with sin. And Paul is using this present tense verb here. It's not past tense. He seems to be speaking about the now. This is even Paul, the great man of faith, is experiencing this struggle. He's confessing his sinful nature. Verse 15, again, for what I want to do, I do not do, but what I hate, I do. Paul is laying out this struggle, and he's laying it out because it's an experience that all of us in converted people still struggle with. Some 2,000 years later, I'm sure that you have, you have found that this narrative remains the same, but it's interesting. Because, because he starts this passage with this line, that the law is spiritual. The law is spiritual because it came from God and it reveals God's character. And it says, verse 22, in his inner being, he delights in God's law. This inner being, in his heart of hearts, in his true self, in our heart of hearts, in our true self, we are called to delight in the ways of the Lord. Even though sin is still present and it's still conflicting us on a very deep level, like we talked about before, it's conflicting against our new identity. It's not, it's our old self that it's pressing up against, but our new identity, this new creation, it's this com conf confliction that we have within our identity. And we are dead to that old self. And we know that we can't live up to the law. And we know that it's through relationship with Jesus Christ that we are saved and that we are righteous and that we are justified. But it's still in our innermost being, our true identity, this struggle that we have, but in our true identity, in our deepest, innermost being, we are to delight in the ways of God and in the midst of this seemingly like anguish. I think when I read this, I just imagine Paul being this level of anguish that we can find ourselves in and we can push back in sin in our lives and we can repent and we can turn away from these things. But in a strange and liberating way, in this struggle, we also find freedom. And Paul relates to us and he shares his story. He says, look, there is a powerful force of sin and re rebellion that is within each one of us. Obviously, the tongue twister that that verse was, he's saying there is anguish, there is confusion within our inner man. But remember, those desires are not truly you. They aren't truly you. If you find yourself in a season like this, 
Keep delighting in the ways of God and know that it's pushing back on your old self identity, not your new identity. Verse 20, again, now if I do what I do not want to do, it is no longer I who do it, but it is sin living in me that does it. As a Christian, the true I seeks God and loves his ways and loves his holiness. I'm going to say that again. As a Christian, the true I, when we talk about I, the true I seeks God and loves his ways and his holiness. Although sin seems to remain within us, is within me, it's in within you, it's within all of us, maybe even with a lot of strength, maybe even with a lot of power, it no longer controls your life, and it no longer controls your personality, and it no longer controls you. Now let's read on because this is important. Romans 7, 24 through 25 says this, What a wretched man I am. Who will rescue me from this body that is subject to death? Thanks be to God who delivers me through Jesus Christ our Lord. We see here that Paul saying that the Christian heart really cries two things at the same time. It's amazing to look at. There's a deep cry of desperation and discouragement almost as we look at our own efforts and our own failings. He says, what a wretched man I am. And then he also has this other one, who will come to my rescue? When we look properly at the ways of God and we look properly at God's holiness and the goodness of God, we can then look at our own life properly. It says, if we look at our own lives properly, we would say, I am a wretched man. Woe is me. But this level of thinking is not to make ourselves feel bad. It's not to look at ourselves in in the wrong light, but rather it's for us to fully grasp the glory and the power and the significance of the gospel of Jesus Christ and the power that God has within us. And when our hearts can cry out like this, what does it lead to? It leads to amazing thing. It leads to hope and liberation. It says, who will come to my rescue? The answer, of course, is Jesus Christ. And because of that, he says, thanks be to God. His son rescued us. He's changing us. He, he, we get to live in right standing and enjoy him forever. Now, and so it, it changes everything in our lives. And now this next section, as we continue in this journey in Romans, Paul is going to share some insights that are mission critical to living out this faith in 2022. Now, there's this old Bible that I have. It's it's not that old. I guess it's like 20 years old, but it was given to me by my sister, and it was uh, it was the kind of my graduation gift. And I w- it was when I was not really following faith, and it was I share the story all the time. But I opened it at my graduation party. It's like, oh, thanks for the Bible, Liz. But it's now one of my most prized possession. And on it, I remember getting into the Book of Romans when I first was truly saved. And at Romans eight, as we write this, I wrote, "This begins liberty." And it just, it, it, it just, this Romans 8 is so important to understand what it means to be free, what it means to have liberty in Christ. Romans 8, 1 through 2, let's start there. Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, because through Christ Jesus, the law of the Spirit who gives life 
has set you free from the law of sin and death. Let's stop there. Someone needs to hear this. Maybe it's you who needs to hear this. But if you are in Christ Jesus, there is no condemnation. There is no penalty for sin. No separation from God anymore. Christ has brought life to us. Those who deserve, you and me, those who deserve death, He brings freedom. And those who were guilty under the law, no longer. We are free. We now have peace with God. This is so significant for us to understand. We aren't going to get anywhere if we do not understand this point. This verse sums up Romans 1-7. through It's incredible to think about, but this is where we are. And these two words tell us of the positions that we have as Christians. Like we talked about earlier, we, we kind of there's this flow in Romans. We were in the courtroom, we were all guilty, but now we are in the family room. We move to the family room because of this line that there is no condemnation. To be not condemned is a legal termination, meaning we are free from any debt or penalty. Listen to me, believer in 2022, all right? Listen, listen, listen. You, are no, you no longer have any charge against you. Liberation, write that. Liberty, right above your Bible in Romans 8, write that. Liberty. This is so big for us to see. This is tremendous. He finds no fault in us. A matter of fact, when he looks at us, he sees the blood of Jesus Christ. It's incredible to think. This is big when we fully realize that God sees us as paid for and not as an individual sin that we do on a day in a day, day, day basis. Look, I mean, look at Romans 7. Paul's even saying, this is what I do. He's saying, no, I see you differently. I see you as paid in full. And this moves us from the courtroom to the family room, and that changes everything. Now, one of my favorite times, and I'm sure you're there as well, is Thanksgiving, but it's not the Thanksgiving meal, actually. My favorite part of Thanksgiving is after the Thanksgiving meal. You move from the dinner table to the living room and football's on. I don't know if anybody can relate, but that is for me. You, you've ate too much, you're ready for a nap, you're full, you lay down on the couch, you got football on, you maybe flip on the fireplace, or if you got a real cool house, you build the fire, ours is just a little gas turn on. But you're laying on the couch and you're just being. You're just being. You find yourself at rest, you find yourself in, with joy, you find yourself at peace. It's a lot different than when you're in the courtroom. If you ever get called to court, there's a lot difference between being in a courtroom and being in a family room. And we see this, that, that God is saying, there is no condemnation. You can now move from the courtroom to the greatest family room of all time. Picture whatever that looks like for you. But the greatest family room that you could ever imagine, no matter how bad your past was, no matter what you've done, no matter what you are going through, there is no condemnation. And you move from the courtroom and you enter the family room and it changes everything. But many of us are still living the condemnation lifestyle, right? Many of us still try to prove ourselves, or which leads to things like, man, we're super sensitive to criticism, right? We, we, it's like all about performance. Maybe it's we put up these defensiveness. Maybe it's like we, when things get tough, we pull away from community rather than lean in on community. Maybe we lack confidence. Maybe we lack joy. Maybe we still feel guilt on a daily basis. Maybe we feel unworthy. 
All of these things are things that all of us as believers can deal with, but there is no condemnation if we understand and grasp the full understanding of no condemnation. We will never understand the idea of this. We now rest in Christ. We now rest in Christ. We are in the family room. The Holy Spirit comes and frees us from the bondage of the sin in our hearts. And we are delivered from legal condemnation. And we are delivered from the actual power of sin. So let's keep reading on. We're going to jump to Romans 8, 5 through 8. Those who live according to the flesh have their minds set on what the flesh desires. But those who live in accordance with the Spirit have their minds set on what the Spirit desires. The mind governed by the flesh is death, but the mind governed by the Spirit is life and peace. The mind governed by the flesh is hostile to God. It does not submit to God's law, nor can it do so. Those who are in the realm of the flesh cannot please God. Believers, it's time to get your minds right. All of us setting our minds on the things of God. It's time to get our minds right. We constantly, daily, minute by minute, we have to set our minds on the things of the Spirit and not on flesh. Paul's saying in chapter 7, look, I do what I don't want to do. He's like all of us. He has experienced and is experiencing inner turmoil. There's these, these two opposing laws that are happening within us, and he's experienced it, and we experience it. And for many of us, it causes so much turmoil within us. But we see in chapter 8, he also gives us the directions on how we are to move forward. And we first are to remember that there is no condemnation. And then we also, number two, have to remember that we always are setting our minds on the thing of the Spirit and not on flesh. What you think on, what you reflect on, what you set your mind on, what you let into your mind, what you reflect on, the mind matters. It matters so much. And Paul is saying, that there is a connection and it's a tight connection between what you think and how you live. And so our thinking and our living go so together. And he's saying, whoa, 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 make sure that you are thinking on and setting your mind on the things that the, the, the Spirit has for you, not on your flesh. And when we set our things on the flesh, our lives start to look fleshy. And when we set our things on the Spirit, our lives start to look at like what the, the Spirit desires for each of us. And we have to remember that the Spirit is moving, that the Spirit is impacting, that the Spirit is blessing, that the Spirit is protecting, that the Spirit is transforming all of us, you and me. And here's the secret. He wants to do that as well to the people that don't yet believe. And so when we set our minds and our hearts on the things of the Spirit, we begin to impact for the kingdom in every aspect of our lives. We have to set our minds on the thing of the Spirit because what we set our minds to shape our lifestyle and shape our character. Now setting your mind on something, right? Th those words, you can, you can probably think maybe it's just thinking on God. But that's not what Paul's saying. Paul's saying it's much deeper. You can't just think about the desires of the Spirit. 
It's us focusing intently. It's us taking the time. It's us becoming preoccupied by it. It takes our attention and it takes our imagination. And we have to be captured by this. We have to be captured by following the Spirit and understanding the desires of the Spirit. And Paul is saying to overcome sin in our lives and to live an abundant, impactful life that God desires for you and for me. It takes all of us setting our minds on the Spirit. Again, it's not simply this thinking on, but it's it's not just about simply thinking on theology or thinking on our faith. It's setting our minds on the things of the Spirit. And it's what the Spirit draws our attention to. We have to be aware of it. So let's get practical. How do we do this? There's a variety of different ideas, but I'm just going to list a bunch. The first one, we were just talking about this, but like we have to set you know, memorization is a huge thing. Memorizing verses in the Bible and making sure that what's in plain sight of us is of the Lord, not just of the flesh. And so, you know, it, I always make this joke. Hopefully my mom's not watching, but like uh, her house at times can look like Hobby Lobby has exploded or, or thrown up. You know, at, at some point in the living room, there's only 60 or 70 things that can have words that are telling me what to think or do. But there is, I make jokes about that. Maybe your house looks like that. That's totally good. But there is something to putting in plain sight the things of the Lord and remembering those things and to memorize them and to set in plain sight the things of the Lord. But it also looks like, and I'll say this in so many sermons, and I'll say it again, limiting the amount of content and noise that we consume and that we let into our lives. It's so noisy out there. To set our, th- our minds on the things of the Spirit, not the flesh, we are going to have to say no to some of the noise and some of the world that we let into our minds. It's like actually having a prayer life, not just praying occasionally, but having a prayer life where we go deep and search and hear from the Lord. April 6th, the first Wednesday of every month, we're starting Kingdom Come Prayer Nights because it's so important that we as a church seek the Lord. 7 o'clock right here in the new building. But we, we have to be a church that seeks and sets our mind on the Spirit through prayer. It's desiring to hear from the Lord's voice. It's getting into the Word and getting into the Word slowly and meditating on the Word and letting it set in our hearts and our minds. And it's freedom prayer and and coming and saying, hey, I need prayer for these strongholds and I need prayer for these past failures and I need prayer for these sins and I need prayer for any word curses that have been brought to me. And it's bringing freedom into your life. And it's it's all of us dealing with uh, and getting the help that we need for anxiety or worry or depression and and just beginning to make sure that we can hear the Lord's voice clearly. It's getting into Christian community. And, and, and having people in our lives that are hearing from the Spirit as well and communicating and asking them to pray over us. It's having the courage to, to follow the calling or the nudge that you get from the Spirit on a daily basis to say something or to reach out to someone or to start something. And, you know, it's really what He's calling us to is putting ourselves at the edge of faith, stepping out from safety to follow the Spirit wherever He is calling to live a lifestyle that we are preoccupied in our minds by the things that preoccupy the Spirit of God. And it takes time and it takes intentionality. Our faith should look more like a good workout than just a Hobby Lobby sign. Remember, everyone will mind something. Whatever we preoccupy our mind with controls our life. Whatever we let, let 
into our minds will, will dictate what our lives look like. It's just that clear. Now, let me drive this point home. You know, throughout the Bible, this theme, this, this theme of setting your mind on the things of God is there. And throughout the letters of Paul, he talks about this a lot. Galatians 5, he's going to sum up basically all that we've talked about in Galatians 5. And believers in 2022, if you want to have impact, we have to look a lot more like the new self than the old self. We have to stop thinking about the flesh and start thinking about what the, the, the Spirit desires. In Galatians 5, he's going to say it clear. So I say, walk by the Spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the flesh desires what is contrary to the Spirit and the Spirit what is contrary to the flesh. They are in conflict with each other, so that you are not to do whatever you want. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. The acts of the flesh are obvious. Sexual immorality, impurity and debauchery, idolatry and witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissension, factions and envy, drunkenness, orgies and the like. I warn you as I did before that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. He's saying setting your mind on the flesh will produce fleshy things in your life. Romans 1, Paul told us that when we listen to our desires, when we listen to the world, we set our mind on the flesh and we start to look fleshy. We sometimes will do this without even realizing it. Believers, this is a slippery slope, especially in a world full of noise. You can start to look fleshy. Again, we need a lot more new life people than old life people. And I'm telling you, once that happens, the church will begin to explode. So instead of setting our minds on the things of the Spirit, like we are supposed to look like, we sometimes put our minds on the fleshy stuff. But God desires us to put our minds on what the, the Spirit desires. And so let's go further in Galatians 5 because he's going to say what that looks like. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control against such things, there is no law. This is what this is supposed to look like, right? We know this. We've read this. The new self. Can our church be marked by that? Can you as a believer be marked by that? Do you have love coming out of you? You have joy and peace and kindness and goodness and faithfulness and gentleness and you're, you're full of self-control. That's what the church is supposed to look like. That is what we, it looks like to be part of what the Spirit desires, not what the flesh desires. Now, Philippians 4.8, another, another passage that you all know, but it's a staple in my household. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think on such things. You know, I, I love this verse, and, and Meg was actually telling me about how she did this verse with the kids, and we should have them up on stage sometime to do this because it's awesome. And actually, Chris Hippie, my buddy at City Central, he shared a similar story of, of this, but it, it, we have to imagine, and she had the kids set up this like fortress and this bridge, and she gave the kids swords, fake swords, I'm sure. Trust me, if we're deemed kids, we probably have fake swords. But to, to hold a sword and to say, what are we letting into the fortress of our minds? And we have to hold a sword up to everything. Whatever's fleshy, whatever's of the world, whatever's of Satan, we cannot let into our minds. We can't let the, the lies and, and the deceit and, and the gossip and all that stuff into our minds. 
but instead we allow whatever is of God, whatever is of the Spirit, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, anything excellent and praiseworthy, we allow to come through. But us as Christians, us as adults, we stand there with the fortress of our mind and we just let anything in. We don't hold a sword up to anything. We don't test anything. We allow the flesh and the world and everything just to come into our minds and then we'll sort it out after that. But it's all about our setting our minds and getting our minds right, setting our minds on the things of the Spirit, is making sure that we are controlling what goes into our minds. This is the whole purpose of this whole sermon. I hope we get it. This is mission critical to being a believer in 2022. We have to set our minds, we have to get our minds right and put it on the things of the Spirit because it says in Romans 6 or Romans 8 6, remember. The mind governed by the flesh is death, but the mind governed by the Spirit is life and peace. And that's what I desire. It's too important. The calling is too important. The world is getting too dangerous. The need is too much. Us as believers, we have to get our minds right. We have to start advancing the kingdom. And part of it is this, listening to the Spirit, preoccupying ourselves with the Spirit, preoccupying and giving our full attention and desire of what the desires of the spirit are not the desires of our flesh it's time to get our minds right so church i want to pray for us i want to pray for each one of us about that let me pray for us heavenly father i pray lord that you would help us to to remember that we are to reflect and only let things into our mind that are of you and from you, whatever's true, whatever's noble, whatever's right, whatever's pure, whatever's lovely, Lord Jesus. Will you help us as believers to not set our minds on the flesh, but set our minds on you. Lord, we want you to speak so clearly into our lives. We pray that powerful prayer. Come Holy Spirit, have your way in our lives. Lord, help us to set our minds on the things that the Spirit desires. Lord, will you bring new callings? Will you bring um, new advancement of the kingdom? Will you bring uh, uh, new faith into our, into our body, Lord Jesus? Will you, will you uh, set a fire and a fresh wind into each person that's listening to here, listening on here? Lord, will you help us not to, to, to get bogged down by the world, but rather rise above it and to say, whoa, 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 whoa. I'm focused on the Spirit of God and what He desires. So Lord, come Holy Spirit, fill our lives today. Come Holy Spirit and fill every thought today. Come Holy Spirit and tell us what you desire. Come Holy Spirit and help us to live lives that impact for your kingdom. Lord, we are under your reign, Lord Jesus. You are the head of this church. You are the head of each one of our lives. And so we just pray desperately that we want to hear from you today. We pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, we love you all. Of course, we'll see you next week, but we have a ton of stuff going on, including a Passover meal, a Kingdom Come prayer night. We have a men's breakfast. We have, uh, man, too many things to list, but go to redeem.church slash events and find out everything. All right. We love you and we'll see you next week.